So good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Aliyah Day. Happy, happy Hanukkah. Glad to have everybody with us. It is the third day of the festival of Hanukkah. It is a bright and beautiful Yom Revi, fourth day of the week. Glad that you are all here. Everybody joining together to study the uh, the daily reading, the daily portion, as it were, of our weekly parasha. And our uh, insights have been amazing. They continue to grow. I have uh, way more uh, uh, content here than we're going to be able to get to today and probably through the rest of the week. But we're going to... Uh, we're going to press on. So thank you for joining. Everybody is is watching. We have people watching from New Hampshire to California to Florida to um, India and South Africa. Received a, uh, a, a message after the fact from some beautiful people watching in Kenya and Australia, people in the UK and from other faraway places like Louisiana. In Kentucky, <laughs> uh, Baruch Hashem, and, uh, and, and Houston, which uh, Texas is a big place, so Houston's, uh, Houston's kind of far. So uh, anyway, welcome, glad you're all here. We are um, watching, or watching, excuse me, we're reading today, y'all are watching, I'm reading, uh, on page uh, 229, yes, yeah, Dallas, today, or tonight we're having the uh, Chinese dinner and uh, movie night, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Do a little bit of uh, American Jewish tradition by eating Chinese food on December 25th and watching a cheesy Godzilla movie. I'm actually looking forward to it. I kind of like the cheesy Godzilla movies. Um, reminiscent of my childhood when we used to watch those shows on the, uh, the old tube TVs. Remember those? Anyway, uh... Page uh, 229, 229, no, I'm sorry, I, that's not, that's the four, that's the third reading, Slika. lo siento mucho, we're actually going to be reading in the 53rd verse, this is an international program, so we, uh, we share all languages. Um, 53, 53, chapter 41 and page, uh, excuse me, verse 53. I'll learn how to talk here in a second. Let's, let's read the, uh, the fourth reading and we'll get right to our insights. Cause as I said, there is much to share. So we read yesterday where Yosef had been appointed viceroy of Mitzrayim. And Pharaoh has given him now charge, basically the king has put everything under Yosef. <clears throat> Sound familiar? Remember what I'm telling you, and I know you already remember, but some people may be tuning in for the very first time. And by the way, if you are turning, tuning in for the very first time, thank you for being here. I'm glad you are here. Please be sure and like the video and share it on your Facebook page, your Twitter page, your Instagram, your uh, all of it. Send it out by Carrier Pigeon, Smokescreen, and Telegraph. And let everybody know that they should become part of the Lapid Nation. But anyway, um, Pharaoh put everything under the headship, under the authority of Yosef. So the king put everything 
under him, right? It's exactly what we learned about Yeshua, that Hashem, as it were, put everything under uh, Mashiach. That's what we learned. So verse 53 says, The seven years of abundance that came to pass in the land of Egypt ended. And the seven years of famine began approaching just as Yosef had said. There was famine in the lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. When all the land of Egypt hungered, the people cried out to Pharaoh for bread. So Pharaoh said to all of Egypt, go to Yosef. Whatever he tells you, you should do. This is interesting because in Parashah Bo, Hashem says to Moshe, go up to Hashem. And the commentators uh, reference that section and say, how is it that Hashem is speaking to Moshe and he says, go up to Hashem? Shouldn't he have said, come up to me? But if you read Ramban, you find out that the Hashem being spoken of there is actually this Angel, I put that in air quotes, this this being, if you will, this chief of all angels, even above the four archangels, is actually Memtet. And so it's interesting here, again, a pattern where Pharaoh, where the people come to Pharaoh and say, hey, we're hungry, we need bread, and Pharaoh says to them, go up to Joseph. Very, very similar pattern that we see in Bo. Go up to Hashem. Hashem says to Moses, go up to Hashem. He's talking about Memtet. And there's writings, there's various sources that say that when we offer our prayers, that Memtet receives our prayers and brings them before Hashem. But uh, anyway, more on that later. So it says, whatever he tells you, you should do. When the famine spread over all the face of the earth, Yosef opened all the containers. He opened the container store. He was the first one to open the container store. And he said, uh, he opened all the containers and sold provisions to Egypt and the famine became severe in the land of Mitzrayim. All the earth came to Egypt to Yosef to buy provisions for the famine had become severe in all the earth. Capiculo 42. Jacob perceived that there were provisions in Egypt. So Jacob said to his sons, why do you make yourselves conspicuous? <clears throat> now it's interesting. I just want to pause here because there's an interesting insight from the um, Rabbeinu Bakya. Rabbeinu Bakya to chapter 42 and verse 1. It says, Yaakov saw says this is not something that Yaakov saw with his eyes but something he saw in his heart so it's very interesting because again we're during this entire story where we are observing we are analyzing we are like biblical archaeologists spiritually speaking anyway examining the pattern of God because God always follows his pattern always okay and the pattern of God is that Yaakov, 
who is the father of, of Jewish people, right? The Jude, Judaism that they saw, but they didn't see something concrete. They saw in the spirit that there was, that there was food, there was something, there was bread in Egypt. Hello? The bread from heaven? And, and so it says in the, in the other insight here to this same verse in Rabbeinu Bakya, it says, Our sages in Breshit Rabbah 90, 91 Saman 6 had still another interpretation for, the word, for this word Shever. They saw it as if it had been spelled with a dot on the left side of the letter Sheen so that we would read it Sever. That is hope. So if we accept this interpretation, we could read the verse as thus. Yaakov saw in his mind's eye that there was hope in Egypt. Now, the reason I wanted to share that with you is because if you think that through logically, what it's telling us is that the pattern is that Yaakov saw, he had an inclination, he had something stirring in his spirit, and he told his sons that the hope of Israel was in Egypt. Now, that's remarkable because that's the last place in the world that they would have thought that the hope of Israel would be found. The last place in the world that the brothers, that the Jewish brothers, our brothers, our people, me, all of us, the last place we think that we can find the hope of Israel is in Egypt. Are you kidding me? Egypt? What does Egypt have to do with the hope of Israel? Moreover, the bread for the children is to be found in Egypt. That's what ya Yaakov is sensing. He's sensing. He doesn't see it. They're pointing out. It, the word is used here. The, the verbiage is used that it's not talking about he saw something like he saw a bread for sale sign. But he said, no, I, I feel, I sense that our bread, the children's bread is in Egypt. That's crazy. There's no bimbo factory in Egypt with certified kosher bread. Why are we going to go to bread? Why are we going to go to Egypt to buy bread? There's nothing but pagans there. There's nothing but uh, but pagans. Why are we going to go buy bread there? So we continue the story. We're going we're to find out what was going on that caused Yosef's spirit to perceive that the hope of Israel was in Egypt. We're going to find out because it's very crucial to the pattern to find out what was going on that led to that feeling. So it says here, um, oh, verse 2, And he said, Behold, I have heard that there are provisions in Egypt. Go down there and purchase for us from there that we may live and not die. I got to pause here and say too, listen, listen to the pattern. The hope of Israel that brings life and not death is in Egypt. Go down there and buy so that we will live and not die. You got to look at the spiritual pattern. 
The Messiah of Israel is to be found in Egypt? Where did I say? You remember what I've told you before? Where the sages say that the Messiah is right now? The gates of Rome. The gates of Rome. You know, I have to believe. I would almost bet money that 99.9999999% of the Jewish people out there who are observant don't know that. That the Messiah is at the gates of Rome. The hope of Israel is at the gates of Rome. The bread for, of the children, the children's bread, is at the gates of Rome. That which brings life to take away our death is at the gates of Rome. Now, does that mean that the, that, that the, 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 the Roman, whatever, uh, Christianity is, is? No. It just means that the Messiah, that's where he happens to be being held captive, if you, were, if you will. Again, follow the pattern. doesn't mean that the Messiah is Roman. God forbid. It just means he's at the gates of Rome. In other words, he's at the last place you would be looking for him. So, uh, where do we leave off? So Joseph's brothers, 10 of them went down to buy grain from Egypt, but Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob did not, uh, uh, brother Jacob did not send along with his brothers, for he said, lest disaster befall him. So, the sons of Israel came to buy provisions among their arrivals, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now, Yosef, he was the viceroy over the land. He was the provider to all the people of the land. Yosef's brothers came and they bowed to him, facing the ground. This is the fulfillment of the first dream. So it says, Yosef saw his brothers and he recognized them, but he acted... He pretended to be a stranger towards them, and he spoke with them harshly. Again, I just want to share a quick insight from Urbanu Bakya to chapter 42, um, and this is going to be to verse 7. It says, according to Tankuma Miketz 8, these words mean that as far as the brothers were concerned, he was a pagan seeing that he used, or pretended to use, his goblet to consult as if he possessed magical powers. So the brothers thought they were bowing down. I want you to understand something. I want you to really, really, really get this with, with clarity. That we, the Jewish people, were bowing our knee before someone we knew that we understood to be that it was clear to us was simply a pagan king who apparently was using witchcraft in order to do the miracles that he was doing because he pretended it says in the I didn't read the whole thing but it, it, he pretended in the comment commentary there to use his goblet, and he said, I, I perceive by my goblet that your brothers uh, overthrew the, 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 uh, the city of, and I, let me say this right so I don't lose my salvation, Shechem. And uh, they were like, whoa, 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 how did you know that? Well, my goblet told me. So they, they thought, okay, it's a pagan, and he's using witchcraft. Little did they know. See, here's the thing. Here's the pattern. They did not realize, because it was all a ruse for a purpose, 
that they thought they were bowing their knee to a pagan king, but in fact, they were bowing their knee to the Jewish Savior of the world, the hope of Israel. That is exactly what's going on here. So, it says um, he recognized them. They thought he was a pagan. And he says to them, from where did you come? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. And Yosef recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. So Yosef recalled the dreams that he dreamt about them. And he said to them, you are spies. To see the land's nakedness have you come. They answered him, No, not so, my lord, for your servants have come to buy food. All of us, sons of the one man we are, we are a truthful people. Your servants have never been spies. That's interesting. They're bowing before the, this brother of theirs that they don't realize is a brother, and they're saying, We're truthful people. Truthful people. You have to understand, Yosef is listening to them say, We're truthful people. And Yosef remembers them stripping the coat off his back, dipping it in the blood of a goat, and taking it to their father and saying, tell us, is this not the, the, the garment of your son? But we're a truthful people. You see, we can deceive ourselves sometimes, can't we, friends? They're guilty of murder. They're guilty of betrayal of, of a brother. And yet, they're bowing. No, we're... we're we're truthful people. I'm just, I'm not, this is an indictment to all of us. A lot of times we can, we can, we, uh, we don't see our own faults. It, it happens to all of us to one degree or the other. Anyway, it says here, and he said to them, no, but, but the land's nakedness have you come to see. So it says, and they replied, we, your servants, are 12 brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father, and one is gone. But Yosef said to them, it is just as I have declared to you, you are spies. By this shall you be tested. By Pharaoh's life, you will not leave here unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you, and let him fetch your brother while you remain in prison so that your words may be tested whether truth is with you. But if not, by Pharaoh's life, surely you are spies. Then he herded them into a ward for a three-day period. Yosef said to them on the third day, Do this and live, I fear God. You know, there are some insights. There's some commentary, and there's quite a few. Um, they vary uh, slightly by, by degree, but basically that that the brothers, when they came to Egypt, and they were coming to buy grain, of course, but, but they also had in their mind, hey, um, let's, let's kind of look around and see if we can't find Yosef. Because there was, an, there was a starting to be a breaking point. Uh, uh, let me put it this way. A dawning of teshuva. Where they're coming to Mitzrayim, they're coming to Egypt and they're they're starting to have a little bit of second thoughts, like maybe maybe betraying him, maybe there was something to that. Um maybe we ought to try to find him and buy him back. And so it's very interesting. Again, the pattern is there was a dawn where they started to kind of realize that that maybe this dreamer might not have been so crazy after all. 
there was starting to be an inkling of that. So it's very interesting to, to see that and to compare that with our day and time. Now, I want to get to some other insights that I, I promised that I would get to uh, yesterday. Um, but I want to say something before I do that. And we're going we're gonna to try to elaborate on this some more. But, but what was it that caused um, Jacob to start to have this idea that the hope of Israel was in Egypt. Let's think about the pattern. Was the pattern because, let's put it this way, was the pattern because Yosef sent missionaries um, out from his uh, official office and he got his servants together and said, hey guys, um, over in this land of Canaan, there are some brothers of mine who betrayed me, sold me, rejected me, however you want to put it, they don't accept me, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to take these tracks, um, the Egyptian road, the, um, the, four, uh, the four laws of uh, sin, and the Egyptian road track, and I need you to take them to my brothers and um, you know, help them to, to understand who I actually am. And so is that what happened? No, it's not what happened. Um, what happened was is that when Yosef came to power, he began to encourage, in fact, demand that all of the Egyptians, and we'll get into this in more detail uh, a little bit uh, later on, but as I've said before, in selling Yosef to Egypt, ultimately, that allowed Yosef to acquire Egypt. And since Egypt had been now acquired by Yosef, as it were, he now demanded that they circumcise themselves. And so what the sages bring down is that what Yosef heard about, if you will, was that the nation, the, 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 the empire, the nations, you have to understand that Egypt wasn't just one nation. They represented the whole world. It was like the world, it was like that is the nations. That the nations were coming to this, this king who was requiring them to become circumcised and begin to obey the laws of God. And it was that, 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 this is the point I want to make to you. It, that was the catalyst that caused the brothers to search for the hope of Israel in Egypt. Which, my friends, is why Lapid Judaism, one of the reasons that we exist, is to gather in the holy sparks in Egypt or Rome or Babylon or whatever you want to refer to it. That is what's going to usher in the Geula. As I've said before, um, this is where people have gone wrong, where they try to... Uh, dress up and pretend to be Jewish and play the uh, let's make our services look kind of Jewish game and a ruse to try to witness to Jews. But that's outside the pattern. That's not how God did it for the Exodus. So I want to go back to the name Zaphne Panea. And let me share a couple of insights about that. Let me see where I want to begin. Um, 
because there's quite a lot to that. Um, so let me start here with the Balhatorim. How about that? So the Balhatorim is saying about this particular um, word, or name rather, Zaphonai Panea. The gematria of this name is 828. It's equal to the fra phrase revealer of things that have been hidden. Now, remember that his name is Yosef, obviously, but Pharaoh gave him the name Zaphonath Panea be as an Egyptian name. So, he, so, we, so now the savior of the world, the hope of Israel... The children's bread um, has a name that, well, as I pointed out yesterday, the name itself literally means, according to one source, literally means savior of the world. But he gave him a name that means salvation and a name that means revealer of hidden things. Here's the, also uh, the other names as pointed out by the Baal this name is an acronym of Zadik Pitpet, Nefesh Ta'aveh. A righteous man, he prevailed against his soul's desires. In other words, Zaphonath Panea means that he resisted the temptation to sin. By the way, that reminds me. Um... I was talking in a drosh week before last about how the uh, the 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 flood was a mikvah for the earth, and when we uh, go to the mikvah to be immersed in water, we experience a cleansing flood, which drowns our former self and a new self emerges. And this happens every time we go to the mikvah, which is many 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 times in one's life. Um, and I pointed out, as the sages talked about, that the, the rain lasted 40 days and a mikvah requires 40 seya of water. And there's 40, 40, 40 all throughout the word of God. And, it, it, and there's the, the, the baby um, is 40 days in the womb before it um, kind of receives its soul, so to speak, and receives its form. And um, that, that's equivalent to when we go to the 40 seya of water in a mikvah. That's why there's an association, or one of the reasons why there's an association there of being born again. And so Celia, from um, here locally, originally from Brazil, says to me at Oneg, I was minding my own business, and she assaulted me with this drop at Oneg, that the Mashiach was mikvahed in the uh, Yarden, in the Jordan, and then he goes out to spend 40 days in the desert to be tempted by the Hasatan, curse be he, so that he could become the mikvah, the hope, that's another translation, of Israel. So anyway, um, I called the police on Celia and told her that was, uh, that was a uh, unlawful assault. <laughs> on, uh, unlawful assault on your rabbi as he's trying to eat his own egg. So anyway, I thought it was good, though, so I wanted to share that with you. So it says, uh, also, alternatively, he has Zolfe, a visionary, 
Polde, a redeemer, Navi, a prophet, Tomech, a support, Poter, an interpreter, Anav, a humble person, Navon, an understanding one, or Jose, a seer. So it's interesting, just these various um, meanings of the word, or the name rather, that Pharaoh gave to him are so illust illust uh, illustrating who Mashiach is. So it says here, the, the, talking about uh, Yosef's ascent to power in his name, there's an, uh, there's an entire uh, drop here, if you will, from R Rabbi Monk uh, to chapter 41 and verse 39, where he's talking about that the Egyptians were kind of uh, potentially not acceptance of, of Yosef. Because in order for him to really be considered royalty, he had to know all the 70 known languages. So in order to do that, basically make a long story short, God uh, sent Gabriel the night before and taught Joseph how to say, how to know all the 70 known languages. And it says here, then a letter from God's name was added to his name, as it is written in Psalm 86.6. Edut be Yosef shamo vagoy. But when it spells Yosef there in that psalm, it adds the letter hey from God's name. So we have here an, an insight where God actually added a part of his name to the name of the Messiah. And one more insight. I can't believe we're already out of time. Can you believe it's crazy how the time flies around here? Um, but here's another insight on the name of of uh, And what tomorrow we'll get to the story of Asenath. I know I've been talking talk about that yesterday, and we'll get to more insights about the circumcision and how that played out. But here's what it says: Zaphonapenea, revealer of the hidden. Yosef is granted a new name on his nomination to a state position. This was in accordance with Egyptian custom. So it says, the change of name is of importance in the narrative because it is revealing his role, as it were, in the kingdom. So it's interesting now that we have the Mashiach who has been concealed by this name and now and is he's being revealed one other insight it says here from the from the uh, Kehol Tumash to chapter 41 and verse 55 we know that all Jews are called Jews regardless of what tribe you come from it does not matter what tribe you come from Jews are called Jews what's also interesting what people don't know is that according to Psalm 80 and verse 2 the Jewish people are also collectively referred to as Yosef. In other words, all Jews are to be called by the name of the hope of Israel. End of our Aliyah today. We'll be back tomorrow and share more insights. Until then, I want to wish you a Chag Sameach Hanukkah and hope you have a blessed, beautiful, and bright day. 
keep uh, the fire burning. Keep the flame burning. Live your life as proud Lapid Jews. And we will see everybody back here tomorrow with God's help. Shalom and blessings.